Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented to you by Melee Stats. And uh, we're coming on the end here of of both 2021 as a whole and the Smash World Tour, the inaugural Smash World Tour. So we're going to have quite an episode uh, because we get to talk about probably one of the most ambitious events in Smash that we've seen in some time. And a year in Smash that is pretty much unlike any other. Uh, and to do so, I, of course... My good friend, co-host Edwin Budding, and uh, you know when you got a special episode, you got to pull out all the stops. You have to get a special guest, and I think we did so. So we have uh, you, you know you might know him from uh, from Smash Summit twelve recently, or from on over a decade doing this. Uh, but we have Phil. What is going Whoa. on, Phil? What's up? Quite the intro, yo. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's uh, glad to be here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I was going to call man. you the goat, but I feel like you're too humble to accept it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't call myself the goat of commentary. <laughs> See? See that? Too humble. Well, Not even close. By the end of the show, we'll convince you you're the goat. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to be in the conversation, you know? Uh, until then. But, yeah, how's uh, how's everything going? What's been going on with you in Smash recently? Because I know that, uh, you know, you have not been – like you, you were at Summit, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but have you been playing lots of Slippy and stuff? Like, how, oh how yeah, are you I play melee a lot. I play melee a lot, but I haven't gone to many events. And uh, the commentary thing was kind of interesting. The world tour that I did, uh, the event I did on the East Coast, where I went, yeah. it was just kind of like I was already out there with Brandon, and he was doing, it. and I was like, well, we're already together, you know, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's just go out there. So, and then Summit, I was like, well, I don't know, I haven't done one in a while, and uh, I realized it's kind of, I realized that like a lot of I. If I don't go to events, there's a lot of people I just don't get to see. So it was cool. Yeah. Going to summit, you know, it was nice. To yeah, for sure. And uh, two two events like that, both uh, both pretty small. You know, you, you don't have to you get to avoid a lot of the big crowds. Stuff like yeah. That. Yeah. That too. That too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Did you see like, did you get to hear feel any of the outpour? Because I feel like whenever you are announced or something, people just go nuts. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of love on the summit announcement. I was definitely surprised and definitely appreciated it. It was like, oh, I was like, oh, wow. It was nice, though. It was nice. I could definitely feel the love. And people seem like they enjoy the commentary, which is always nice. Hell yeah. I think they're going to enjoy like you on this episode. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope I can add, you know, to what you guys got here. Well, I mean, you know, Anok, you want to just go right into it? We are – we're looking at a pretty jam-packed episode here having to kind of look at not only Smash World Tour as a whole, but like kind of the year, right? Um, and I think Smash World Tour is a fun encapsulation of the year because it is this – not only did we have events for, you know, however many months leading up to this, um, but it's also this weird thing that like if you told me we would see – like half of these sets right if you told me we'd see like triff versus polish in uh 2021 if you told me like half of this stuff i wouldn't believe you know we were in a period where we we weren't sure if uh like events would even come back so the fact that not only are we we like seemingly pretty back that we were able to have some of the most insane players that we've never seen at majors finally pop up um Pretty a pretty crazy event, and one that I think kind of capped off twenty twenty one. But yeah, what what are your thoughts, Edwin? I mean, it, I mean, you you said it all, and I, I'm going to try to add to it. I think uh, just I, I mean, it goes without saying. Like one of the best things about this event is that in addition to getting to see sets that we've you know like been dreaming about or thinking thinking of in like in a monster hypotheticals or whatever. I think one of the really cool things is that like after so long of not seeing high level melee among like some of the world's best players in person, we're seeing that with uh, 
players from outside the United States and players who don't get a chance to compete against top level melee really get a chance to uh, this time to, to show their stuff. I mean, like, there's so many storylines we could talk about with this tournament, but I want to bring up a really special one in Ingen, a, a actual, like, unironic slippy kid from Japan who within a year and a quarter or so of playing, like a year and a half or whatever, he got yeah, into a little, the game. A little under, I think, uh, I think it was August 2020, mm-hmm. uh, 20, which is insane. Yeah, little, just like a little over a year. Yeah, so if you're playing Melee and you care about winning and you care about competing, you got no excuse. And this guy all the way from Japan who is younger than Melee, he's literally <laughs> younger a, He's literally yeah. younger than the game, is already like near the top of a pretty like you know japan is good but like they're, they're still far off from other regions on his first attempt in the united states he come he takes magi to game five like i i can't i can't even begin to express how astounding that is it's so inspiring i th- this is the kind of thing that i think like makes the community great like just the amount of dedication that people like ingen have to the game i mean like it really shows that this is like a cross-generational kind of thing right like yeah. it's not to, like this game is not just for the people that have been playing it for a while anyone can jump into the game and immediately make an impact or take some of the world's best players on if they're if they're dedicated enough and i know that like ingen didn't make it to championship sunday but like again like you have to consider the, the full context is that this is someone like who who's going to his what like fourth irl tournament ever and yeah. he's already and he looks this good imagine what ingen is going to look like in a year or a year and a half it's these kinds of stories and seeing and seeing them come to fruition or maybe even begin new chapters in a way at smash world tour which is what i i think makes the last weekend really special you want to know something that's insane is that uh so first off i got to talk to so many wonderful people at this event uh, even though you know, I was busy working and I was still able to find time to to like reach out to so many people. And Unsure and I were talking about people younger than the game. And we were talking about how we're quickly getting to that point where like, you know, remember when Doc Kid was a thing? And people were like, he's so good for a Doc Kid. And now all of our players are Doc Kids, so it's like irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're getting that way with people who are younger than the game. Like, uh, I actually... <laughs> I was talking to Chapa, who's who's 19, I believe. He was one of the youngest players at the event um, to, to make it into the group stage. Sock is 19 as well. Ben's 19. <laughs> Chapa told me Ingen is is older than than you know Melee, but regardless, regardless of this controversial Ingen age, which is not verified, we need to go to Snopes. Uh, regardless, the the level of talent here, both in time playing and in uh, like their age themselves is insane. And it's like, uh, part of me is kind of glad that he didn't beat Magi beat, uh, Ingen that is because like, <laughs> I, I like, what's the point for all these people who devoted all these years to melee. And it's like, yeah, dude, this guy who played for 14 months or like, no, just means that Marthaco's really that bad. Only yeah. Years. I was going to say, that's all it means. Yeah. I was going to say, Ingen beat Magi, all these Falco mains would have quit. They were, they were like, fuck this. I'm playing Fox or Sheik. Like, I, I don't know about else. anyone else, but uh, I, I wasn't beating people. I wasn't beating top 20 players in 16 months of playing. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I don't know who is, but uh, I guess Ingen truly didn't do it either. But but yeah, the the level of talent we saw from all these like uh, international people is insane. It's kind of one of those summit things where like going up and you know 
four in your pool or whatever it's not actually that bad yeah it's a it's a that goose egg looks a lot worse than it actually is um phil yeah. did you get to watch any of this i did i didn't not as much as i'd like to but i was yeah. uh no it was there was a lot of just like quality melee the entire time that i really enjoyed i was glad to see pip do well i feel like he's a really good player and i think he, yeah I, I was glad to see him out there performing a uh, triff um, do you, I don't know when you're ready to talk about Chape, you can get into it. I don't want to. I don't want to hold you back because Edwin was discussion <laughs> about Chape before we started. <laughs> Ed- Edwin did his very classic gush about uh, 2000s football, and, and of course he had to gush about <laughs> Chape as well. For anyone who's not, you know, wants a peek behind the curtain as to to what a pre-show looks like, that's all it is. Yeah. So. I, well, <laughs> God, where do I begin with Chape? So <laughs> Chape, just for reference, uh, so if, if you've been following Melee Stats for a while, or even if you've like read any of my columns, or just heard me, Wheat, or uh, Ambi, Ambi talk together, you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed to hear about like three things, okay, within thirty minutes of a conversation. The three things are that one, I hate Captain Falcon. The second, really? the second thing is that, uh, <laughs> the second thing is that results within New Jersey make no sense at all. And then the third, and then the third thing that I bring up is that Chilean melee is so sick. And at the top of Chilean melee is Chape, the number one player for about like the last year and a half or so. I've uh, I've really been uh, uh, I've really admired Chape for a while. I, I admired him when he was like on, on the climb to becoming number one in Chile, and I, I admired him when he was the dominant number one. I actually um, Chape Chape and I talk to each other pretty frequently, and one of the things that he told me right before coming to the United States is that. He 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 was like, dude, I I'm so good against Sheik. I just need a bit of practice in the matchup. Uh, I really think that I can make a big upset against a Sheik player. Just watch. So, for reference, before he three would Spark, uh, Chape had entered a few rollback events here and there. You know, with some growing pains, but he was also grinding. Uh, you know, rollback friendlies with other top players. He did an exhibition set with uh with Jflex as as part of like another netplay series, and he had been like really studying that matchup for a while and and it makes sense that he had pride in it because the one of the other best players in his region is a chic player Riken. so when he got a chance to you know actually compete at smash world tour for the first time he was very very prepared and specifically and especially for chic because that's a matchup that he holds a lot of pride in so i'm really 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 proud of the fact that he not only beat spark but he 3 0 him and i know how much that uh that win meant a lot to him and it's it's nice to see someone putting a lot of work into a very good, but still, again, still a limited and relatively isolated region. I'm, I'm so happy that he was able to actually like, was able to bring it out and to play his best, you know, what he felt like was his best melee. And I'm, I, I can't wait to see what more Chape accomplishes in the, in the next year or so, if he remains dedicated. I respect it. I hope so. Was yeah. Good. I was, I didn't get, I haven't really watched him before, but I was impressed from what I saw. I mean, that's like, a lot of these people, right? A lot of these people, yeah. uh, most people haven't seen before. Chape is a great one. Um, Jcam, like uh, honestly, there's we got a lot of people who uh, took one set or weren't able to take a set. You know, the the pools here, five people, three get out. <laughs> so that means that, like, yeah. you know, you got to be pretty insane, especially when you have someone from LCQ coming. So you're having someone who's probably like a top twenty, top thirty player dropping into your pool. Mm-hmm. Um, making out of pools is pretty insane. So like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to give a shout out to anyone who did not make it out because we had a lot of really great performances from people who did not take a set, did not make it out. Yeah. Uh, and at something like this, that, that does not mean 
It does not mean what it means at a different time. No, not, not no, at all. Tournaments again. If you did this again next week, you'd have different results, you know? There's Dude, Axe didn't make it play. out. Yeah, that's insane. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, two and two. Yeah, the, it's tweet. the Australians. He was, going, he was going through it, but I didn't actually see his play. Yeah, a lot, a lot of going through it, I think, with these types of events. You, you kind of put yeah. it all on the line. Uh, the, the players who... Uh, you know, last events that you won't have to worry about are now they're all killers, right? Like we yeah. saw, I'm going to skip really far ahead just, just so we can mention it because we, if we don't mention it, I need to know it exists. So I need to keep mentioning it, but Polish three out H box. Second time right? that did happen uh, where he's beaten him. Did he beat him online? He beat him in person. He was game five. Yeah, he beat him in person at NA East. No, I mean, no, I'm, oh, yeah. Did, so has he beaten him in, oh, so he's beaten him online and in person now, right? He's beat him. He's just covered all bases, right? Well, he beat him in person twice. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. This time it was a 3 0. I'm just like speaking this to make sure it existed. Uh, just, it, like, like, Phil, could you imagine this 10 years there. ago telling someone that, oh, yeah, like Hungrybox is going to get 3 0'd by a peach? You know, I think that's the one thing I think. Um, like, because Armada didn't explore that matchup, I think it, it got really stuck. Because I think that Armada did it like one time and was like, nope. And then he went to, I mean, he went, and when he went to other characters, I really do think it kind of hurt that matchup developing. So I'm not super surprised. I always thought it was like the Peaches always said it was like really, really bad. And I like, I think Puff wins, but I, I've always thought it was closer than they said. So I'm glad that they're, they're making it a good matchup now, or closing the gap, you know? For sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. Like uh, you, you say ten years ago, two, two years ago. If you told me yeah. this, <laughs> yeah, geez, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> If you told me this wow. before Slippy came out, I would be going, I'd be going nuts. Like, there's no way. Uh, but we've just seen, you know, obviously, Hbox is in a slump, right? Like, no, no two ways about it. This is not the normal level play that we've seen from him. But he's still good, and he's still top ten player. So the ability for people to to capitalize on this is, you know, that that speaks about that. But um. I'm going to pivot our, our way back to uh, the Australians. We mentioned Axe. Sora is the one who ended up having that set that that kind of clinched Axe, uh, unfortunately not making it to group stage, or uh, the bracket from group stage. So Sora, after some pretty good locals in SoCal and Smash Summit 12, and this, establishing himself as something that I think that we have to, like, talk about as a top 40 level player if not that yeah to those players. A player that at summit everyone really spoke very highly of like, oh sora is really good they yeah like, yeah sora is good sora is nice that's that was like the like actually funny story when he was playing s fat we mean it was me versus the australians with the shit talk because they were going off so we, yeah. had, we had a little we had a little battle <laughs> you know it was a good they love to go off mm-hmm. uh i was i was very happy to hang out with them did not do a shoey one day oh yeah uh yeah I, I don't get it you gotta walk around in it like what's the yes. point no i'm good i uh, i was talking to sora about it on our last episode that had him and i said i would do it if i like got to bring one especially for the occasion but it's that seemed to not fly <laughs> yeah you gotta buy i'll buy a shoe for these people <laughs> a fresh shoe they have never buy, been worn. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go to pay less I'll, I'll i'll buy like a 20 dollar shoe and we, we can do we can do two shoeies and leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, not there. <laughs> like doing it there. I'm not doing any shoey. We we recap this last week. Yeah, yeah you know dude. I... That's why that's why we work so well together. Is because like we we cover our bases, right? Mm-hmm. If we if we both didn't do shoeies, then the the brand's done for. You think Ambie's doing a shoey? Like melee stats being a, a 
a completely anti shoey community <laughs> is uh it's rough one <laughs> you know i wanted to uh we, we were talking about sora a bit and i think it makes sense you know top dog in australia does well at the verdugos he attends had has a really good summit all things considered and continues to build upon that performance i want to actually bring up sock because i think uh you know, while Sora is very appropriately brought up as an international star and someone who's living up to his potential, I think Sock sometimes goes a bit underlooked because of the... Okay, so this is something that Ambi and I have talked about before, where uh, if a player is like the number two or number three in a region and they just have a very lopsided record against the top player, sometimes you would assume that like, oh, you know, if, if Sock loses a lot to Sora and the Fox Ditto... That must mean he's not very good in the Fox Ditto, but yeah. a lot of but a lot of times it actually is the other way around, where it says a lot more about the player who wins that head to head than it does about the player who's losing. So, so like you know, while it was happening, uh, Wheat and I kind of had a hunch that it said more about Sora just being like an unusually very good player than it did about like Sock being bad in a matchup, right? And I think something that we saw here that was really interesting is that you know, like coming coming to uh, the U.S. And getting to play another, like, you know, again, he's not an American top Fox player, but Nikki is still very good. Like, this is, this is like one of the best in Europe. So for, for Sock to come by and take, take set off Nikki, I thought was really impressive. I don't want to, I don't want to let that go unsaid because, you know, like that, because I, I think Nikki is like what, top 50, top 60 level Fox player. And Sock is someone who, who, you know, outside of Sora, he doesn't get that kind of experience in Australia. And I'm really happy to, to see him kind of prove his stuff and to, to, sh to show it against another another very good player. I think it's I mean, nice too. Yeah. Sometimes, oh, my fault. Sometimes I think it's nice too when you're the number two. I think you can kind of develop a mental block against the number one. So I think it's mm -hmm. nice for you to like kind of step out and get to play mm -hmm. against other players and like kind of like build that confidence, you know, playing against other good players. So I, I think it's good for him to get to travel, you know. Yeah, we, we talked about it last week is that like sometimes when you have these regions where you can't, you don't get to travel and everything like that. Um, you kind of establish your own little hierarchy in region. And like uh, sometimes when you have a number one who gets to play as the number one, as like the the top dog, right? You're the one who everyone's trying to take down. You, you have like a, a confidence that sometimes you don't get if you are someone who's from a stronger region, but you're not at the top. Um, so I, I think it's cool to see that from Sora. Like he always seems confident while playing. And, and same thing, like Sock, even though he... he Dude, I think before the pandemic, he was like ninth on their PR, and now he's second. Um, so he made oh, he obviously made a huge jump. But like, yeah, you're right. He already seems like he's playing with confidence. And uh, Commaster, like Commaster's really good. Commaster came out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was gonna because he just made it in, right? I didn't even know Commaster <laughs> was still playing. I was like, Commaster? <laughs> well, Commaster making it in. That's nuts. Commaster. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of nuts things about this, right? That he made it in in, in general. Second is that Sock just beat him. He beat him 3-1. It didn't seem like that, that close. Uh, and, like, name name a Luigi from Australia. It's impossible. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think you can play the player, the, the character down there. It's just, like, blacked out. Yeah. I think that, so funny you mention that, because McLeod, another top five player in Australia, is a Peach main who used to main Luigi and got got a ton better uh with with peach and like instantly saw results i think there's skip also but he's but 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 the point you're making is like you know like 
how would you have compared that to, to Ka Master, right? Like, yeah, a long yeah, I'm just time trying to, you know, trying to joke around, trying to have fun. I obviously yeah, know no, but, people in the but that's why we, can play. But that's him. why we work well <laughs> together. That's why we work like, actually, no, he lives across the street. From I got me. to be the He's square. <laughs> you know, uh, so, something really funny about Ka Master, I, I just want to quickly share it. So I was watching Smash World Tour with a couple with a couple friends. Uh, one of them just kind of casually couple watched beers. Major Seven. Yeah, a couple of beers, whatnot. <laughs> so, some uh stuff that we can't say <laughs> hmm let's not get into that any anyway <laughs> anyways so we were watching it and when so he, he follows smash like casually so he knows a bunch of the top players but i was explaining to him some of the other matchups that were going on when commaster wally came on this is after wally Dreffen, right so he thought like oh wally's really good like he like you were talking like a big game about Dreffen. like i think i think wally's gonna probably win this but the moment I saw Com Master step on the stage, I kind of thought I was I was telling him like, uh, you know, like I think Wally's really strong, but I could definitely see Com Master being like, you know, like an older player. He plays both Luigi and Falcon. I, I think this is this might be kind of tough. I could see him being really annoying for Wally, and he just like beat him 3-0 in a set that like did not look close. Like oh, I was very like I Com Master looked really good. He was like he was like pulling out all the like secret sauce and stuff like he he looked wild with both characters i know we're talking all about international players but but we're on lcq let's talk about <laughs> i think you guys know who i'm gonna bring up there's you know we had a lot of people who made it from lcq who ended up making it to group stage we like cobalt we had magi who made it out first um like the only person to do that through lcq and we have to talk music King at some point but before we do that i'm going to talk about a chic that was a little more uh, bombastic, let's say. I'm talking about JMook. Like we all knew what you know, whatever whatever event it was. Uh, it was a four local fight night. He he went to something online and he just like stunted on everyone. And then he did the uh whatever nightclub online type thing they had, and he did the same thing there. So we knew he's an insane player, but like still, for him to for him to come here, for him to do this, he beats Gatsu. He uh he has that set with um with uh uh I think wait what was Gatsu and Keizu both reverse threes like he uh yeah like we we had these sets where we see him go down two zero on on the like a bigger stage than he's ever played uh and just like thrive in in that so the insanity to see something like that from this player um like I don't know did you guys get a chance to see JMook at all? Yeah, I, I just want to say, I think JMook's ground game with Sheik is extraordinary. That guy, like, he picks all his spots so intelligently. And, like, like like especially on FD, it weirdly comes out, which you wouldn't think because FD is not considered, like, a strong stage for Sheik at all. But that, that guy just, like, he's so... He's really fast. He makes really smart decisions. Like he he's so his ground game is just like so stellar. I I honestly think his ground game is like the best out of out of all the committed Sheik Bane's. It's it's really extraordinary. Which caught um I knew about him. I haven't really watched him, but I know about him because uh shout out to Kata. Kata was very excited yeah. to see Jamie go <laughs> off. So I, he was he was he was he was in the Discord, he was very excited to talk about him. So I'm I'm glad <laughs> to see he do him see him do well. And like it's good to see just like I don't know it's like Sheik was quiet for a bit so I feel like seeing Sheik's do well is like it's good you know Sheik and Peach a good a good tournament for Sheik and Peach I feel like yeah great well, tournament I know Spark didn't have a good tournament but Jamie had a good one so you know Spark sacrificed himself for Chape yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, never mind Spark and Ben didn't have good tournaments but uh, Jamie yeah. did he held it down he held it you down. know what something about Chilean versus Spark 
Huh? Spark deserves this. I'm gonna something about Chileans versus Spark. We gotta keep, we gotta keep him away from that. Yeah, bl- first Blassy at uh, mm-hmm. Save Mr. Lombardi too. Now this, there's, there's, yeah, there's something about uh, the some Chileans. I guess yeah, you know, they got some secret code against him. But I, I, I will say he deserves this one. Like I'm not gonna put Spark on blast, except. So we we go to an arcade. <laughs> sounds like blast. I love where this is like, going. Oh, this sounds like blast to me. On blast, this sounds like on blast. <laughs> well, I, I love where we, this is going. We had a blast. It oh, okay. Great. It was very fun. <laughs> we we went to Top Golf. Uh, he had a very interesting way of hitting a golf ball, which is hey, we're all we're not golf players. We're melee players, but that's not the point. We we do the we do the worst game of laser tag ever. There's literally <gasps> like a, a second floor that people like. People were just top ca- uh, platform camping, like literally top platform camping. And I was on the other side. Uh, we had four players and they had eight for some reason. But <laughs> none of this is my issue with Spark. Maybe it colored my perception of, of what he was about to do. But I don't have any issues with any of this. I will say w- we get to pop the lock, which is a game where you just got to like hit a, like you have a cursor and it moves around a circle and you have to hit these like dots as they appear. And okay. it's it faster and faster, and it's just a reaction test time. So naturally, we've got Facer up there, we've got Magi up there, we've got Spark up there, we, and Dark Genix, who did it four out of four times. Uh, it's not meant for this type of, of like expertise. So they're getting like an insane number of tickets. Like uh just like they could buy anything they want at the ticket stand. Uh-huh. So Spark gets up there. And he keeps talking about how he's going to get so much candy. He wants a big bag of candy. (laughs) In his normal spark voice, he's like, I'm going to go get a big bag of candy. Mm -hmm. So he walks up there. (laughs) And he knows the... He he doesn't get tricked. Because he sees, for 500 credits, you can get a bag of candy. Like one you'd get like a 7-Eleven. But the lowly five credits... You can get like one little tiny. It's like a it looks like a tootsie roll. You can get like one of those for five credits. It's like for the the kids who like you know don't win anything. But he he has the idea that that's actually his best deal. So he gets two hundred forty of them and makes this poor woman <laughs> count out all of them. Wow. And he's, like, he's like, I'll try to count them out with you, and he is like going one by one, super slow. Like oh might, my god! He might count out twenty, and then the the woman counts out two hundred twenty on her own in that time. We need to bring wow. back the grime PR. That is this. messed up. Oh no! Wow. I, I yeah. Wow. Like, oh no, uh, man, he deserved it. He should have gone zero and five. <laughs> <laughs> should have gone zero and five. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he should. Hey, maybe I'll talk to to Sheridan about this. Maybe maybe he starts out in losers at Genesis or something. I, like she should have just grabbed. <laughs> she should have just grabbed. A, a shit ton and handed it. She should just put it down. She should just exactly like yeah. Right? She's like, been the counter. No way. She doesn't get paid enough for that. There's no way she does. <laughs> no. That's actually no. so funny. <laughs> also, I I will say speaking of the actually this whole group is terrorizing the uh the workers at this one place. Poor poor people at the Andretti whatever it was called Andretti Indoor Arcade because they they were getting annoyed by these people if they weren't they're they're angels because uh. Dark Genesis popped off after every time he won that pop the lock game. And he would literally like H box pop off, like jump up <laughs> and like, he would not look where he's going. And he would just like jump. And it was somehow was always in the direction of an employee. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but we're not talking about 
pop the lock. We're not talking about the most broken game of laser tag ever. We're talking about melee. <laughs> no, I think the four on eight laser tag is very interesting to me. <laughs> I was, I was mad. I was not happy. They, get, they, they like assign you fun names. I was SpongeBob, and I was like super. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a good game. No. <laughs> it's just it so not. easy to fix i don't know why they thought i don't know maybe they thought you guys had more potential maybe they thought oh, i don't guy. know I, I just like it was the crew it was me don b kadoran i forget who else was on there we we had to pull hard and we did not it did not work out <laughs> <laughs> uh but hey let's talk about this you know what did work out for kadoran beating jason zimmerman you guys want to talk about that yeah yeah that was a that was a, i think that was yeah that was a set that i definitely wanted to see that was good yeah, all the Mewtwo stuff was stuff that I was very interested in. Uh, and I will say, so I did work this event, and I did see the LCQ. So it'll, this won't seem as funny as maybe it should. Um, I got a message from uh, from the cheat, and it was me talking about Mewtwo King. This was in November. It was like November 9th. Uh, it was a screenshot of me saying stuff about him. And I was like, this was in the phase where he was signed up for Smash World Tour, but the second Smash World Tour said it, he was like, I'm not going. I might not be going. <laughs> like, why would you do this? <laughs> so I was a little annoyed. I was like, come on. How did you sign up? And then, like, you're going to pull this stuff. Like, it's public information. So I messaged the cheat, and I was like, yeah, that's a little annoying. But also, I think it'd be really funny if he lost to Crudo. So, you know, who cares? <laughs> and, <laughs> like, a month and a half later, what happens? Is that yeah, we. I think uh, it's it's funny you mentioned this. I want to bring up another wheat story of, about you. It's weirdly a uh, predictive, right? I think we were talking about like contenders to win the tournaments and and our picks to, for like breakouts and stuff. And one of the things that uh, I think it was you, me, uh, who else was there? I think Sora was there too. We were talking about like picks for for people to break out or whatever. And at the end of it, I go, wait, not all of us just like didn't bring up Mewtwo King. And, and you, I think you said something along the lines of, dude, we just know he's going to go there and he's going to get like 13th or something. And I, and I think he ended up getting 17th. Yeah. Yeah, I was off. I was fucking completely off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mewtwo King in this current day and age, it's interesting, right? Like we have not seen him since, uh, was it Genesis 7? Was that, like, literally the last thing? I think he might have entered, like, an online Ganon-only tournament, but... uh Yeah, for majors, at least. Not not yeah. counting him uh, ledge-camping Kuya. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, when he yeah, I heard about that. Link. Uh, I heard about that. I heard about the classic. Dude, insane. But, uh, yeah, like, we, it's been it's been a little bit since we saw him in his last tournament. And at that last tournament, he, I think that tournament, he got 13th. Like I, I he lost to Swedish and he lost to maybe Amsa or something like not, not bad losses, but when you are Mewtwo King, who's like, you know, he was ranked top 10 at the end of last year, just because of the strength of coming back and like beating H box and, uh, you know, IBW. Uh, but like when you are looking at matchups like that, where it's going to be difficult, um, it's like, it's hard to to see like what a comeback looks like right like the set with frenzy you know he did win the set it was it was kind of like classic last game marth falco type thing Mm -hmm. um but it's just like if that's what happens when he plays a spacey um frenzy's really good but frenzy's also not top 10 or something like that right like where where are we at with confidence level in mutant king if he were to keep attending stuff what do we expect to see phil you've been You've been around long enough to uh, to see this song and dance a lot, but, but what do you think of what we've been seeing recently? Um, 
I guess I don't know how it would be if he stayed with it. I think more so he'd have to be comfortable with like taking some some losses to get back to where he's used to being, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a lot that's something that's hard to do. A lot of people don't want to do that. I think that's why a lot of players don't come back. So that's something he has to be comfortable with. I think it's dope that he entered because it just like I think it's I respect you giving players a chance to beat you because I think it is good for the scene. I think it yeah. like it legitimizes players, you know, Kadoran getting a Mute King win makes it like, I think it's good for Melee. Um, so I respect him, you know, taking a chance to put himself out there. But for him to get back to the level that he was at, I could see it. I mean, it's just, he has to be willing to put, he has to grind. But I mean, I, I don't think I saw like peak, I, he definitely looked rusty to me. I don't, I don't think I yeah. saw like, this is Mute King is as good as he's been and Kadoran just beat him. I don't, I didn't feel that way. I definitely thought like he's a little rusty and people have gotten better, you know? And like, but yeah, yeah lots that, of characters. That's, that's how I feel, too. you know. But what did you yeah. what did you think of his performance, Edwin? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I concur with everything you said. Um, I do think that the one thing is like he, again, like he, he can't just like. I, I think one thing that really is concerning, if I guess if you're a Mutant King fan, is that again, like the character switching just seems kind of random. Like it yeah. doesn't feel it doesn't feel disciplined, right? It's like, well, I guess my Sheik or Martha are playing like this. It's not like like when we saw Mewtwo King on his best, he had a very like definitive game plan. He was gonna go Fox against Hungrybox. He was gonna go Sheik for early bracket or against like against you know like worser characters, and then he was gonna then he was gonna play Marth, and like that that was that was how his brackets were. All his success like came when he followed that like very like yeah I know Ices he had like the Peach and then he went Marth and some other stuff, but for the most part like he had a game plan right. With this, it's like. When he faced off against Aura, it was scary. He's going down with a Marth, and then the Sheik has to pull it out. With Kadoran, he's going back and he's going to Sheik, then he's going to Marth, and he's going back to Sheik. There's, I, I think if if we want to, if if like you're a Mewtwo King fan and you want to see the return of like even top ten Mewtwo King, let alone like top five or six Mewtwo King, I, I think he, I think like getting a steady game plan and being able to overcome some of those problem matchups would be a or not even overcome some of the problem matches. Just being able to actually have an idea of what you want to do, depending on who you play, I think would would do him wonders. I will say, based on just his again, it's just one event, but based on just this one event, I do think it's weirdly impressive that like, if you told me that it was say like Logan's performance at this event, I would have probably believed you. And like Logan is a top thirty player, like someone mm. pretty good. So I think that it is genuinely impressive that in his first major event in almost like what like just under two years that he's able to come by and at least make make a pretty big impact. I think that's pretty good. And like obviously because it's Mewtwo King, like we're so used to seeing him do better. And I think I think like that that can be there. But again, like you said, Phil, like it's it's hard to say if if he's not like you have to be willing to you know take a few l's here and there if you're gonna yeah make he's really gonna up. come back he has to because people just got better and you yeah. know i think one of the things jason's always been ahead in the punish game and if he's at full strength maybe he still is but people caught up in that regard yeah. especially so he'd have to make that adjustment you know? i think he'd be good against players he, he's familiar with like if you give me Mewtwo king versus like professor pro or like lucky in bracket i think i think he's got i, I think he has a chance if it, or, or he just outright beats them but if you give me like Mewtwo King versus Spark, or you give me, or you, it's like, one. yeah, I think so I'd favor scary. Spark. I think I'd favor Spark in that yeah. one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, or as like much as I hate to favor roll. the guy who, you know, just made an anti worker. Keep adding more. Every time you tell that story, add more candy. Like he made that lady count out 300 
pizza. Made her count at one thousand. They didn't even have that many in the that one. She had to drive to another location. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This game's up in the handy. No, but uh you know, Edwin, the eloquence you bring to the show is unparalleled. And yet I am here to dispute your uh your claims. I Which don't claim? think that Mewtwo King has always had this like we it might be easy to talk about him as like having this rigid matchup structure and like having a lot of logic to it because when you look at it like that's what we always wanted from him right like that we always was like you know he does best when he goes marth versus spacey's chic versus falcon and you know the other weird ones and then fox versus puff but continually he would not do that type of stuff and it would yes i think throughout his, yeah i think throughout his career but when we see him have success that like like say like even when he won Summit Six, which is an extraordinary like occurrence for him in his career, he got the Marth bracket. Like he was able to, yeah. he was able to stay with that matchup. I think when we see Mute King, like like if we're talking Mute King throughout his whole career, yeah, I I agree. But if we're talking about like the the parts of his career where he was actually winning events or placing highly at events, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. It was like. Uh-huh. Like like late twenty like UGC Mewtwo King or even yeah, yeah. twenty seven to twenty eighteen Mewtwo King when he was going back and forth with Armada like he like he wouldn't just immediately give up in the middle of a set and like go another character he'd stay he'd stay the character and, and try his best yeah I mean we've seen it all it's also just was him doing better right he was always someone who uh, under under the pressure of like a really tough set um, he's not that you know he's incredible player right but he's not the mm-hmm. type of guy to bet on and like make a reverse 3-0 right it's just like generally not his style um i will say only against like fox like if it's against if, if it's against oh, fox, yeah, like, yeah, I, back, yeah. I can see that but uh but in general maybe not the most explosive in terms of comeback he's uh he's a very funny person i i've been gifted with the opportunity to work with him <laughs> at this event and uh you know he made it to the lcq so i sent him I was like, "Hey, you know, congratulations! I'm making it to the LC to, to make from making it to uh, the group stage. Here is your schedule for tomorrow. Here's when you're going to play on stream, and uh, here is your pool. So these are the other players in it." And he sent me. Um, he's like, "Do you have info oh, on them?" <laughs> Just immediately, he said, "Do you have info on them?" And I respond, "What do you mean?" And he doesn't respond back. He's he's like, "It's it's so funny. What does he want? He wants like a rap sheet for everyone." And then I I go tell him, "I'm like." You know, Mewtwo King, you've got five minutes until you play Aura. And then I go, I'm like, Mewtwo King, we need you on stage. You're going to play Aura next. And then he wraps up and he's like, who do you think Aura does better against? Peach or she? Like, you're not ready? <laughs> hey, what were you doing over there? I just, I, I tell him, I don't know. I can't tell you. And here's the thing. This is, I I, I didn't want to to play God too much. I didn't want to, you know, make melee my, I'm not the puppet master. I know R is better versus Marth. I didn't say that. I can't go <laughs> You know, one thing I'll say is I think that Mango, Meets King, Armada all had this. I think they had their Saturday characters and their Sunday characters, low-key. Whereas, like, Meets King's yeah. Saturday character was his Sheik. Mango's Saturday character was his Falco. And then Armada had Peach. And then they had their, like, you know, their Armada and Mango had their fox, and then Fox's King could go Marth, you know, for their, like, their, that was their Sunday, like, their special Sunday characters. So they still play both, but I just always thought of it that way. Like, Saturday, like, she got Mewtwo King through a lot of th- top 32s, you know, and he could use Marth. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're seeing kind of a, it's, like, a little bit shaky, right? Like, he's, uh, dude, that, um, <laughs> 
feels like we're making fun of Mutagang a lot, and I don't think that's true, because the fact that he, like, Phil, you mentioned, the fact that he came back and is taking these L's, that's good. That's cool. Because you, you can have people who don't come back, right? You gotta you gotta get bodied before you can get back to any mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, there's, like, very few players who are not named uh, Armada who can come back and just destroy everyone right now. So, like, the fact that people come back knowing that it's going to be a, a hard road ahead, like, I really do appreciate that. That being said... Did you guys see Game Three versus Wizzy? I, you know, I saw that it was a three zero, and I didn't even click. I just like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> uh, Dude, he does. He does. He, he like, did not get thirty percent on Wizzy. Oh, he, he gets oh, grabbed wow, wanna, and wanna, then di's. I'm gonna go look at that right now. Actually, he does like the the new Marth player thing where you di every Falcon up air in, but then he di's the knee out, and then oh. just uh, like I guess he's holding the control stick away, and he dies at like eighty five percent. And that happens at like every stock. He doesn't even attempt to recover like for 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 two of them or whatever. It's so bad. Like, come on. I'm gonna go. I gotta go see that. Yeah. Um, the, the yeah, it's like BGK. three up there. Peter Mutiking's fun. You're, no, you are right. You're right. I, I I say it'll be a fun future to see what where this guy ends up because uh, he's done it all before, but. Uh, what the the player base we're seeing right now is incredibly strong and even before then he was he was having you know 2019 was uh was like a really quiet year for him he lost to bananas he lost a triff and then he lost to face roll all of his characters i talk about like confident lack of confidence of picking characters that happened 2019 and then we saw 2020 starting off not really doing incredible um i mean 13 that super major like right that's amazing but for misha king maybe still a disappointment um so we're seeing a little bit of stuff, and uh, I want to talk about someone who I just mentioned because uh, Triff is someone who is already having really good results, um, but being European and, and being someone who is like not Leffen level, I think expectations are all over the place. Uh, and but right before I get to Triff, I just I I would feel bad if I didn't get to throw out another Mewtwo King story because like a new generation of kids got Mewtwo King stories this event, and that's a beautiful thing. That honestly, that's the reason why he should stay, is because Mutant King stories should uh, they should fall from the the heavens like um, such a beautiful thing in this community. So I take him and Crudo on stage so they can play, and uh, I'm like, okay, you know, you guys, uh, you probably want to RPS report, and then you can strike stages. And uh, there, <laughs> he gets up there, and he's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to chain grab. Uh, I don't. I think chain grab. Uh, Sheik Dittos are dumb. And then Crudo's like, okay, we, yeah, we cannot chain grab. And then <laughs> Crudo says something. It's like the one of the smartest things I've ever heard from any player ever. Uh, and he goes, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be mean, but you mean for the entire set, right? Oh, yeah, you should. Oh, actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the 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 Dewan, the Shroom versus Meads King set is a classic. I, that's not the only time I've seen Dewan, like, he was pissed. He was so mad. Uh, these these kids are learning. They, they learn right in the past. This is, I can't a, this is a new generation. That was, put that that was on the grind PR big time. That might be that, that's high on the grind PR. That, that might be number one. That's up there. That's top three. That could be number one. Well, that was dirty. For guys who don't know, I think it was two two between Shroom and Meat King, and then Meat King said, "I'm a chain grab now," and then he just won. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "If I'm correct." 
That's insane. But Mewtwo King did not, obviously did not win this one. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I I just wanted to mention that because if we did the show and we did not bring that up, then, then you know, waiting for games done. Like, if, if I can't share that with these wonderful listeners, then, then what's the point? Uh, but what I want to share with these wonderful listeners is my thoughts on Triff. Triff comes to this event. He's number two in Europe. Uh, I, I think that his reign as number two is not as flashy as Pip's, like, place as number three in Europe. Um, you know, Pip, Pip also had that time where he was possibly the best in Europe considering Leffen was going box and stuff. Um, but Trip was like always the guy, guy who was just like there, right? He he wasn't wasn't having that many bad losses and he wasn't really, you know, it's what are you going to do? Beat Leffen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so his spot was kind of just like uh, went a little under the radar. So he comes to this event and he is a number one seed uh, in probably one of the hardest pools that we saw. And I think it's like, you know, you throw him, you throw face roll. Uh, dude, even, you know, Axe is in that pool. Axe gets in that pool through LCQ. And you have another, like, threat to the top 30, if not top 30 straight up. you got Sora. Um, so it's like, that looks like it could be hard for Triff. And yet, Triff comes out on top. He, uh, he, he does... Quite some work against Axe. It was a it was a three zero. Yeah, it was a brutal. It was like as Light. bad of a Peach versus like worst character beat down as you'll find. That was, that was it was very ugly. I saw in in Axe's eyes. I saw like I saw the the same like look, uh, like the same feeling from that I've seen from mid level Europe versus Triff so many times where Triff just like gets a lead and then will not die and will yeah. just like wait for you wait for you to mess up and never give you an inch. Triff uh Triff like the the idea that Peach does well against worse characters is true. I like I will subscribe to that fact that Peach it's very good versus Pikachu. But sometimes these like theoretical things are hard to put into play when you Yeah, like Kalamazoo, for instance, is a, is a peach oh, that we yeah. struggle yeah. in, in yeah. weirder matchups. Like it, it's hard to put into play when you have some of the strongest players in the world. When you have Axe, when you have Amsa, when you have Aklo, and yet Amsa, three out of Axe, three one Amsa, uh yeah, three one Amsa, and I was sitting behind Polish and Wally for a little bit during the set um, where he played Aklo and they were going nuts because uh, I know it's, we shouldn't be like Triff took a game off of the link, right? Like it, it shouldn't be that, but uh, the way he's <laughs> able to play versus these characters, everyone was like going nuts. Uh, apparently Polish went with this idea about like, you should nair the boomerang. And then Triff misunderstands it, and apparently, like Nair's, like I don't, I don't even know what it was going on. He, like Polish was like, "That's not what I meant," but that was better. Like whatever, whatever he <laughs> took that in his mind, just like you know, change it into something that was even better. Uh, and like truly unfazed by any of these weird characters. And when you're someone like Peach, I think that like you, know, you need that, right? Like, uh, just like his run here. His run doing well against... He's been known as, like, a fox killer, right? Um, at times, I think he was known to do well versus Marth. I, I don't, he wasn't really tested on that. But, like, his uh, his reputation has been kind of all over the place in terms of what he is and how he relates to the other Peaches. But I think that uh, after this performance, it's, like, it's hard to see him as someone who just doesn't have that all-around capability and is just, like, insane 
in those traditionally good matchups. Yeah, I'm, I was glad to see I, Triv is super good. Um, yeah, I, I was really glad to see him, and I was super impressed with the Amsa win. I, I I thought Amsa looked so good right now. So the way what he was able to do, it was right after he beat Lod too. Yeah, and, Lod was a big yeah. demon for Amsa. Like like I thought Lod would straight up beat him. Uh, I like I I view Lod very favorably, or I viewed him very favorably in that match. I thought that was one of the toughest draws that Amsa could have gotten out of the people and winners. Yeah, and yet. Triff just does it. It's mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we 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 mentioned Lod, we mentioned Triff. Um, it was a it was a peach weekend, man. It was um, Polish time too. Polish a third. Polish is Polish is the first. He's not even the third here. He um he has established himself as the best. Well, peach at the tournament, yeah. No, I I know, but uh, he has established himself as the best peach player in a way that I I would not have anticipated. You know. <laughs> six months ago even it's like, so random like this guy just suddenly is now top 10 or like just outside of it or whatever yeah. i think in the last few months he has to be in the in just the last few months he's got to be there like his his so, resume is so good do you remember hold that l i think it was hold that l6 so he comes That's back one ginger one right it's one ginger one he comes back and and this is the one of the first big events for a lot of people i think this might be pre-riptide it's, it was like the first one of the first regionals that uh that was out there mm-hmm. and it's like ginger ben polish Drefin. you know it's 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 like a pretty cool thing uh polish really close game five set with ginger and everyone's like wow he's really good like he had that uh I think net play for palisar maybe he he ended up doing really well there but it's just like yeah mm-hmm. wow he's he's good he's like he's like top 30 top 40 you know uh and then he loses to ben in like a really close set and it's like okay like i think i get where he is i think i understand <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i don't know what happened he went into smash world tour uh east coast as the 12th seed which i thought was fair uh and then just like yeah, like truly, uh, I, I, I just got switch that that like um, switched over, and he's just like, okay, now I'm gonna be a top ten player, and he ended up beating Magi, beating Ginger, beating Hbox, beating Lod, beating IBW, and it's like, okay, well, I guess he's insane, but it's one tournament, right? How much does that mean? <laughs> he fucking one ups his three two on Hbox, and he three O's Hbox, like I. I I know I already mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I need to speak this into existence because I like, I'm worried that it might be like a, a Marty McFly photo scenario where like, if I don't keep mentioning it, it'll just like fade away and it will like not exist anymore. Dude, his like, losers bracket run at this tournament was crazy. He, he beats Nikki and ice. He, he destroys Europe poor Europe. Uh, <laughs> he, you would think they were sick of losing the peaches, but, but he, but he, <laughs> he beat, at home, huh? he just, yeah, he, he, he beats just Nikki here. Ice. He beats Lot. By the way, Pol- just so you know, Lot is very good in the Peach Note, but he's been smacking. Or he Polish has been smacking him around all year when they've played. He beats Pipsqueak. He beats Hungry Rocks. He smacks around Trip again just for just for final insult to injury to Europe, and he gets <laughs> third at this event. Polish is insane. Europe's good. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's a crazy yeah. thing. Europe that was one of the things showing. to take away from this is that Europe is still good, right? Like the entire time we're talking about Leffen, like well, how good's Leffen? We don't know how what this means. But when people talk about like how Europe <laughs> Europe's is sick. good, they never mention anyone else because like it's a lot of mental brain power to be like, well, how good is Ice today, right? Um, when all you have to look at is like, three zero Aklo. <laughs> but yeah, all like Nikki. 
Nikki beat Fiction here. Uh, Ice 3 0 Daklo. That was a great tweet, by the way, Fiction. I enjoyed that tweet. I that was the funny. best sexers in the world? Is that the <laughs> tweet? No, no. The Dude. one that but the one that Nikki tweeted about being emotional about his win in Fiction was like. It was like, can you at least call me more than a decent win? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I enjoyed that. So thank you. Dude, one of the craziest results that I haven't seen anyone talk about was Frenzy beating J-Mook. And, like, this is a great event for J-Mook. And Frenzy just 3-2'd him. What an insane result. I don't, like, I, I know Max is pretty good in, in Europe. But, like, Europe is Europe right now, at least, doesn't really have many top-level Sheiks, let alone anyone comparable to, like, J-Mook. So, for Frenzy to just beat him on the first try, that, that low-key was insane. I was not expecting that at all. People, people again, uh, Frenzy was at Summit, and uh, people were talking pretty highly of him, too. Just like uh, yeah. he was one of the VIPs, and he was just – I'm glad he got to go there, and he just got a lot of good practice in. So I, I'm, I'm glad he had a good showing. So, yeah. yeah. It, it made yeah. up for losing a Nintendo in VIP. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, don't know that I forgot about that. I forgot Let's go, Nintendo. Let's go, Nintendo. Look, it's just, it's just Marth Falco. Don't worry about it. It doesn't count. <laughs> you don't got to count your Marth losses, Falco. They don't count. Hey, how else are all my favorite players going to get their wins? <laughs> I'm a Marth player. I got to I got to stand up for my, for my clan here. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. All right, I have a question. Do you count like, how much stake do you put in the Triff Polish Peach Ditto? Like, will you go? Okay, I just put Polish above Triff because he three owed him, or does it like? Do you rank it? You know how like with a Fox Ditto, like it matters as far as like comparing foxes. Like well, if yeah, you, know, you go one for one, so like, okay, well, I'll just I also think Fox trip. players play more dittos than Peach players do. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, unless you're Polish, apparently, and you just play Lod and beat them up all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about the Lod sets is that they started this year, like, gun, somewhat even, right? It wasn't, set counts weren't always super even. It was Polish favored, but, like, the games would be like, you know, they play, like, game 15 sets or whatever, you know, game or. Yeah, game fifteen like reset sets and all that. Uh, and and Lod would they'd go game five. Uh, and now it's just three zero. It's like I don't know what happened. When's what? <laughs> how many how many weeks ago did he play uh, him at uh, the the final or the the regional qualifiers? And it was a three two. And now it's just like uh, it looks untouchable for a peach to take a game off Polish. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Um, I, I'm a spacey player though, so I can't fully comment on this. But in my limited experience playing floody matchups, it feels really hard. To, like, you just lose for so long. You just get outplayed for so long. Yeah. When you get smoked in a fox match, you're like, oh, I got smoked. This guy's got me. But when you lose in Peach Peach, you just get to lose for so long. So uh, I'd be an- that'd be annoying to me. Dude, yeah. the fact that he beat Triff so handily is is mind-blowing to me because one of the last sets I remember seeing of Triff in a high-level Peach Ditto was when he literally, like, it's it's a set that I can only describe as like the melee equivalent of like a backhand smack to the face when when Triff and Kalamazoo played each other in uh, at Saving Mrs Lombardi two or whatever Triff literally beat Kalamazoo so bad in that matchup the last game was like a JV four that took five and a half minutes it was like <laughs> as lopsided of a match as you'll like find out outside of like the fast followers and Keizu just like ran off the stage immediately once Triff like. Triff lost his first stock of the game. And after I saw that, I thought, wow, Triff actually cannot be touched in this matchup. And now we have Polish. Polish, Yeah, Polish is so good in it. Shoutouts to Sock, the Australian player who mentioned before. Uh, First off, shoutouts for him for a very good performance. Secondly, shoutouts for him for the tweet from his somehow verified Twitter. I don't, I don't get how yeah, it was like 900 it. followers or something. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Come on. Verify melee stats. But, uh, <laughs> he, he tweeted, he was like, 
a quick 3-0 from Polish, and it was a timer app, and it showed 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tweet, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, like. It, like that's just the matchup, right? And and when you have someone like that, um, I don't know. Polish feels like an all-around type of peach, right? Right? Like I, I don't really. I, I think that he doesn't seem phased by a lot of matchups. Um, he does well, I think, versus Spacey's. I don't think he's a Spacey's killer, but I think he does well enough to the fact where, like, I would favor him versus a lot of Spacey's at this point. Uh, and the the thing that, like, is probably his saving grace is the thing we, we got to talk about is the the Puff matchup. Like, going into to losers for H-Box, you know, he gets 3-0'd by, by Wizzy. And then gets 3-0'd by Polish. Like, it's it was a tough draw after a, a tough loss. Uh, but, like, doable, right? You know, it's, it's H-God, you know. Is he going to lose this again? And it turns out that the only game that he won in all of top eight... This is going to be mean. <laughs> I, know, I know I said I'm just not going to try to be mean to some people. This one's going to be mean. It was the rock, paper, scissors he played versus Wizzy. That was the only game he won in all of top eight. That's tough. Ouch. Oh, that man. Tough. It was honestly that is definitely a melee stat. I feel like you had to you had to dig for that one. It was honestly the high one of the highest level things I've seen from him all weekend, and he's still super good. But that was it was just speaks to how high level it was. He walks up to Wizzy and he's like, "I'm going rock," <laughs> and then he does this and he goes scissors. That's Come tough. on. Come on, Wizzy. If someone <laughs> says they're going rock, you also have to go rock because it, it at worst resets. And if they're true, telling the truth, true. then you win. Mm, that's true. That's true. That's true. Or if they, you know, if they're telling the if they're telling the truth, you reset. If they're if they're lying, then they go scissors and you beat them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, hey, it, it was a great win. And I'm glad he got something to cling on to because otherwise, this this top uh, this top eight wasn't the prettiest from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, let let's talk about it, right? This is this is H box. This is H God. Third, third. This is H God. This is H-Goat. the uh, the H goat. Third best player of all time, as mm-hmm. as ranked by. A, uh, a lovely informed panel uh and a handsome panel i might add a handsome <laughs> a very handsome panel um handsome knowledgeable handsome, um, knowledgeable. wise wise yeah I, this, this panel's got it all so when they rank hbox third you know that he's not you know you know that the, the panel's not lying <laughs> But we have been seeing some stuff recently that would it look a little off from a top three player of all time. You know, uh, what was what was Summit? Summit was seventh place, one of the most stacked events of the year, of course. But but a three zero from Amsa and Leffen coming back looking pretty confident in that matchup is a little worrisome if you're an H God fan. If you're <laughs> if you're hungry family, as I heard shouted from the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I've heard H fam. I have never heard hungry family. That's hungry family. Someone saying that it opened my mind. I was like, I guess that is what it is. <laughs> I guess that. I guess they're right. I, I can't call them out on it. Um, no, I like yeah. hungry family. I think that was that one's strong. I like that. Hungry one. family, amazing. Uh, but hungry family might be a little worried right now, considering that the summit was a little rough, and you get an event like this. Yeah, they might be yeah. a starving family right now. Ooh. Well, we'll see. Well, I guess the question is, how long are they going to starve for, right? HBox usually uh, gives his fans a lot to eat, right? HBox fans, for a long time, were eating pretty well. Uh, but we're, we're seeing a little bit of a, re- a reversal of fortune uh, recently. And, and it's like, the question is, how long can this subside? So I, I guess you know, the big question going into this is, we're, 
we've seen the last event of 2021 uh, and we're going into 2022. We're going to see the function coming up, which might have some big talent. And if, if that's not as stacked as a major, then we're going to see Genesis. Uh, and we have, we've got a lot of stuff that I think is going to pop up in 2022. I think it's really going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, world pandemics, you know, you know, of course you have to worry about that, but um, unless we go into another super lockdown, I think 2022 is going to be an amazing year for melee because we have so many events that are coming back and we have so many people that are going to try to establish themselves as one of the best in the world. Uh, and HBox is right there. So like coming into a year full of events, 2022, what are our feelings about HBox? Phil, I talked about how you've been around. You've seen music King do this. We've seen HBox for a long time, but we have not seen this HBox since like 2014 or something. Right. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. What, what do you feel about him? I don't know. I, I can't really get a, a, like we were, we were talking, I, I forgot me and the friends were talking like, it's, it's like hungry box bad against peach. Like, do we don't know. Like I, there's things about hungry box. I just like, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Like, is he, is so there's something, are people, do people just get better? Are some things he's doing just outdated? Does he need to adjust? Um, I can't really tell. It's like one of those things where I would say, I don't know if I have a lot of faith right now, but whatever. But then he just, all of a sudden he comes back and he just wins. And I, I'm not, yeah. so I, he just wins whenever I think like, oh, I, I guess people caught on. He just starts winning again. So I'm not sure. I don't know if he, he might have another one of those in him. I, I can't tell, you know, with his gameplay. I, I, I don't know. Edwin, you were, you were more of a, uh, a, a H doubter than, than me and Fendi were when we did our episode. Yeah, um, definitely. But I mean, if you're a, if you're a doubter before Summit, I don't think you've seen anything at Summit or at Smash World Tour to to like change your mind. But going into the new year, what do you, what do you think about him? Here's what I think. Okay, I'm gonna start off with the bad, and then I'm gonna continue with the good. Okay, or then I'll try to find a flip side. The bad news is that uh, for something that I've been working on, I actually took a look at some of the stats between between the between like the top. 10-ish, my estimated like top 10 or 12 players against each other. Uh, I split them into groups, right? So you have the top half, which is the top six, which is, I mean, we'll, we'll go into it later, so I don't want to give away the order, but basically like Mango Zane, Wizzy, Plup, IBW, Leffen, right? Like that I think is a pretty like, you know, uncontroversial top six. I took a look at Hungrybox's records against this group. It's not pretty, at least based on what I have right now, it's two and 16. It's not a good, that's, that's not a good, uh, Wait, who, are the two against, who are the two against? Uh, he has one against IBDW and he has one against Wizard. Yeah, but like they're in very, very negative matchups, like or very like losing, losing records. Now, he, here's the thing: a lot of that counts both online and offline together. But like, we've seen enough of offline Hungrybox to know that like his floor is a lot higher than online Hungrybox, but his ceiling is not fundamentally very different. If you want to win a major, you have to have like a path and if and if your path to victory includes like having to avoid or needing everything to go your way to beat like want any of six people that's that's really bad for your chances now the um uh, the i guess the bright side of this is that i do think that the top level is weirdly more like i don't want to say open because I, I think you still have your favorites but i think the more chaos there is in that top level like let's say IBDW gets like second seed or something at, at like a big tournament 
maybe maybe he goes out, out of summit like a little rusty or or like you know just a what's it called like a the post super bowl hangover or whatever maybe yeah. he goes into genesis maybe he drops a set to like maybe he drops another <clears throat> set to junior or something all mm-hmm. of a sudden like if hungrybox is like eighth seed or like seventh seed or whatever in a major he doesn't have to worry about ibw anymore in winners quarters he has to worry about ginger now maybe now that means he gets to win- winner semifinals Maybe he, maybe he, maybe he plays like Mango there or something. But maybe you never know with Mango, right? Like maybe yeah, he just yeah. runs, runs at him in a set. Hungry Box gets in his comfort zone. He remembers he's played Mango before. Like he tries his best and he he beats him there. And then maybe in winners finals he beats he beats someone someone else who's who's there off like an underdog run. You, you see where I'm going with this? Like yeah, you yeah. need so many breaks for him for for Hungry Box at his current skill level and his trajectory. To get there, but I think that that there the one thing that does work out in his favor is that I think the top level is a little bit in flux right now, which is which is a good thing if you're if you're a wild card, like if you're a long shot, like I think that I think that helps in his favor. But he's got to find his opening. Like I think he still needs like one matchup or two matchups in there that are favorable or that he can turn into being more even for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, we like we don't have a definitive number one, right? And uh, I'm not even sure, like, there's there's reason to believe that, that Cody might not even be number three, right? He might be top two. Um, I'm not sure if I'm there, but, but like... Yeah, but depending top, on how land turns out, yeah. The yeah, the top five that we have, I, I'm not, I don't think it's crazy to say our top five is some combination of, like, Mango, Zane, Cody, Wizzy, Plup. Um, the top five that we have currently, there's not a definitive number one. And there's no reason to believe that in three tournaments time or whatever, right. That we're going to have a definitive number one. The case for number one here is pretty open and and any tournament can be won by a whole whole group of people. And in order for HBox to win that, he has got to do like the impossible. You're right. Cause that group of five players seems pretty, pretty impossible. It's Um, bleak. Also six, including Leffen. Yeah. True. If Leffen's able to make it out to stuff, yeah, that that's a that's another group. And then you had Amsa, who like I don't think that Amsa's necessarily at the point where he's better than Hbox. That might be controversial. Uh, he's at least like tied with him. But in terms yeah, of head to head, that's a scary thing to see. At the very yeah. I the mentioned I on the say, oh my fault. Go yeah, ahead, yeah. No, no, go on. No, I was gonna say the only thing I'd say for Hungry Box, but just looking at his gameplay, not being a pup player, he does need to update his rest setups. They're out of date. He he's. I think one thing that really helped him when he initially got better is that he didn't need to rest to kill people, and I think that really yeah. helped him. But now he needs to come back. He needs to update his rest setups. They're just behind. we're not seeing a lot of rests versus like these really good players. You know, they're not putting yeah. themselves in situations. They're playing around rest, and he's not able to to accurately play around that. Like, did we see Polish get rested at all? I don't think so. And no. uh, and and I think he maybe attempted like a single digit number he attempted maybe like under five during that set phil Um, i'm gonna bring up something that i know you've talked about before he's got to stop doing like really punishable pounds on the way down from the corner yeah yeah people are very aware (laughs) people are aware that wait what would you think the bear trap you've heard of the bear trap right no i haven't heard of the bear trap it's pound when you're when you're on the ground Oh, <laughs> About the, it's the bear trap. I don't know what it does. Not like non aerial pound, grounded pound. I, 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 I would say not good, but uh, I don't know. No, I like I'm the, the, I like majors, the name. He's not though. winning majors. <laughs> Who knows who's good? No, no, I like the name. I think the name's better than the uh, 
the move. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come up with a good name. That's people start using it, right? No, I'm gonna start saying that. Swanton no. bomb is that a? It's not always a great move, but people want to use it. It's it's a good name. <laughs> but yeah, I do think he needs to. I think he does need to update a little bit. And I think the problem he has sometimes is I don't think Hungry Box is always. I think his adjustments have always been when he's faced with something he doesn't understand to become less interactive. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's working right now. I think he's got to just, I think he's got to retool a little bit. I don't know. It's just not things. Yeah. So the rest of us need to improve. And I think he's just also, he's got a DI down throw against Zane. I know he hasn't played Zane lately, but it's his DI is so bad. And the up throw yeah. some of the smash. Yeah. And the Foxes, the Foxes are up bearing him now, which is also something I don't think he's used to. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's something that, I, like, if we didn't see him come out to these events and, and and really do well, get top three and stuff, then then what's the what? When is this going to happen? Because there, there needs to be a change, right? He goes into both of these events, Summit and, and Smash World Tour, with Crunch, um, who like Crunch being there doesn't necessarily mean that he's about to win, but but having Crunch there is very helpful. He goes in both of these events with Crunch. He he's like confident H box sometimes, right? I saw him before the Wizzy said he was all happy and giddy and confident. Um, and we saw him at Summit. He got on mic saying that like you know he really wanted to play Leffen, right? And both of those sets, he got like you know he got shut up pretty quickly by by like the actual gameplay. Um, that being said, I wanna I wanna mention something I mentioned with Fendi when we talked about this. Uh, both Fendi and I think it's impossible to count on hungry box and i i said hungry box is kind of like lebron um i don't think the lakers are going to win this year and yet i'm not willing to make a bet that says that they're definitively not going to (laughs) win that's no that's fair that's actually fair that's actually fair like hbox you know what there's like six people ahead of him who, who are more willing who are more ready to win majors and dude, I don't know if Amsa gets the right bracket. I think Amsa's like ability to beat certain players is higher than than Hungry Box's ability to beat certain players. So, uh, who knows? But this is a chance we go into an event, go to some random one too. Just like imagine it's like you know, who even knows? Just like throw an event. It's like Battle of BC, and suddenly it's super stacked. And he goes there. I can see him going. You know, total sicko mode. I can see him. The, <laughs> He, he's got, like, the ability to take sets off of everyone. Nothing is impossible. He's got the ability to take set off Wizzy, even if it looks super hard. He's got the ability to take off a set off of Cody, even if it looks undoable at times. And Zane is, like, he might be the one who beats him down the hardest, in, in a sense. But I still think he's got the ability to beat Zane. It's just all about, like, you know... Yeah, I think if he can take one... I Like, like he took, what, one and six against Wizzy? Like, I think... I think Zane is in a similar caliber. Like, I don't know if Zane is like twice as hard as to beat as Wizzy, right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, I think I he, this... it's still it's still a mountain to climb, but like, it's it, it's conceivable. Like, if with given enough events. Now, yeah. I thought it was impossible before Summit, but we're talking about for the next year, right? Yeah, you like, you're you're out. I, I can't count him out. I, I think it's impossible, dude. He could he could take a three year break and come back and get thirty third and everything, and I'm like, who knows. <laughs> you could do it. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. I, I counted him out for Summit. I felt pretty confident about that. But if we're talking about a year, year's time, I think uh, here. Okay, uh, if I were to guess his path, like basically, there's the, he needs like two or three matchups in the top six to start turning his way, or at, at the very least, he needs them to become like even and competitive, right? I think he can do it against Mango Leffen, and uh, I think he can do it against Mango and and Leffen and Plup. 
I think he can turn those around. Club, yeah. you know, we've seen him dominate him for really long stretches. I I know the last set, like the only set they played this year was like an ex- was was actually like a really, big aberration from really their close. Yeah, yeah, and it was a big aberration from their usual trends. So like, if he can regain some of his magic against Plup, if he can like, if he gets an actual set against Mango where you know like he he gets in a groove, if he gets a rematch against Leffen where he comes really prepared. I think it's doable in a year. Like I, I think he can. I think he can. He can slowly carve out a path for him to win, ma- win majors again. I don't know if it'll happen, but I, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's impossible. But if you ask me, like for Genesis, yeah, I, I think it's a long shot. Like I, I don't think it'll happen by then. But maybe here's, in like six months. Yeah. Here's the thing, Edwin. You, you said win majors. I, I never said that. I said win. I, like win a major is is my idea of how he's able to do this. Right. Like uh. He's got like a 16% chance of beating anyone in the world. <laughs> like at least a 16% chance, I'll say. Um, and it's all about just like finding finding that that perfect one where he does that against everyone. Uh, yeah, like his ability to to play at the top level and be a contender is kind of, it's up in the air right now. I mean, like we did not see him win anything. This is a year where we had Mango who won Summit. What about had... the three-peat? Yes, the, the, the three paint. You know who he is? He's Hbox, bitch. Um, well, the actual pop off was uh, that was that was special. He didn't even three peat. He he lost a gallon in the middle. Three peat is when it's consecutive. It's so no, no, dude, you're going by these, these old school word usages. It's like uh, you know Shakespeare was really revolutionary things. for just like making words up, right? Like eyeball wasn't a word before Shakespeare just wrote it down. And and now like we say it all the time, right? What? How do you refer to your anything but an eyeball? Um, and Hbox kind of do the same thing, right? The, the English language is fluid, and he is coming out here. He's making new definitions, and uh, I gotta respect that. So he, yes, he three peated gallant. But in terms of land stuff, the way he really saw, didn't repeat it, that was a lie. He, there was, there no, he was got like, like he got like nine. He got like destroyed at one. Of Wait, them. did he win? two in a row and then lose one and then win again is that what happened i think he won one he i think he won one and he uh it was he then he one. got like ninth or something and then he won two in a row i think yeah. that's it that's My how he keeps his much. championship mentality he just blocked out the one he didn't win it just was like yeah i won three in a row well it's like you know it was, <laughs> clutch god mentality thing right if he's gonna he makes a tweet about how you three peated gallant people don't even know what he's saying like how many of his followers know what gallant is but they just like the tweet he's got like 4k likes probably and edwin's out here like if you actually well, in- actually you lost one and it's got yeah it's, it's, people are just like thumbs down thumbs down if you ratio. put him in a debate yeah they're, they're just liking somehow on twitter yeah, I'm getting it's like, it's like on twitter, not a feature but he's somehow like negative likes yeah i'm getting tomatoes thrown at me if this isn't in real life yeah throw like you on a debate stage versus h god about the definition of a three-peat dude you are you're getting yeah no i'm getting that. destroyed I'm, I'm literally getting a i'm literally getting a, a highlight clipped I'm getting, I'm getting blue haired aff, dude. <laughs> He's the Zane fan. It, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, we, we need to see that dominance from HBox. The dominance on the debate stage. We need to see that on uh, IRL because we have not been seeing it, right? Mango won Summit. Uh, Cody won Riptide and, and, um, summit <laughs> hungry hungry box owns melee stats nerd with facts and logic <laughs> that actually we, we should do that and put it on our own channel we we'll we'll get like a million views yeah we'll, we, get, <laughs> we'll get fiction to do that to us 
<laughs> but uh we got Wizzy winning main stage and uh even Zane. Zane gets a Zane gets a tiny win. He gets a he gets a win that I think gets overlooked, right? His win at um Smash World Tour East Coast qualifier, that was a super stack tournament, and he did really well there. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and now we see Plup, right? Plup had his West Coast one and now Plup takes the whole thing. Obviously, Leffen's not here, Zane's not here, and Cody's not here, but Plop taking this, it, it like adds another wrinkle into this whole thing. So so let's talk about wanna talk about what we're looking at for the, the end of the year, right? We we talked about HBox and we looked forward. Um but we're getting to the end of the year. This is the last event that we're gonna see. So it's in a normal year we'd be all retrospective and we'd talk top one hundred and all that. Uh, and this is a little different. But in terms of top level talent, you know, the the it's a conversation to be had. I think we can all agree. Whatever combination you want to throw them, Mango, Zane, IBW are the top three. And whatever combination you want to throw them, I don't think HBox and Omsa are top five. So we, we, we get into this very fun conversation of Plup, someone who did well at Riptide, second at Riptide, uh, first at Smash World Tour West Coast, and first at Smash World Tour Finals. And uh, I think, what, fourth at the first summit, or first summit of the year. And then you get Wizzy, who... It's one main stage, got second here, but it's been getting fifth at a few things. Uh, Smash World Tour East Coast, and and uh, I forget what he did at Summit. I'm going off the, my brain for this one, but, uh, uh, you know, like, the performances are kind of, uh, it's an interesting thing to look at. So, top 100, you know, rankings in a year like this, uh, top 100 is always fluid. I think rankings are always, you know, they, they shouldn't be um, seen as something that is like, it's a snapshot, right? It's not definitive. And if you if you change to like December of one year to December of the next to like February of one year to February of the next, they, they go completely different. But we have to kind of, you know, you got to play the game. So we're talking about it. Let's let's talk about Plup versus Wizzy at uh, at number four. Who gets number four? And and Edwin, I know you are a man. You're going to give me your whole top 20 probably unless I stop you. So I know you have feelings on this. Who do you go? Do you go... Our our wonderful uh, Justin from uh, from Florida, or do you go our wonderful Justin God. formerly of Florida? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Justin formerly of Florida. I think it's Plups like very easily. I'm not just saying that because he won this event over Wizard. I'm not even saying it because he's he's just like obliterated Wizard all year. I think his records. So typically, when it comes to like evaluating players in the same in the same group, I always try to look at how they do against like that same group. Or the group slightly above them. I think that's typically the best indicator of like, like you could look at like hundreds of sets across the entire field or whatever. But if you need something like shorthand, I think looking at how a player performs against their peers is typically like a good way of understanding where they fit within that hierarchy, right? And I think like when you take a look at this, Plup is just like way ahead in every area. I mean, the guy's 2-1 against Mango, a potential number one for the year. Um, unlike Wizrobe, he he doesn't have a Zane win, which I think which I think is pretty good for Wizrobe. But he, we've also seen we've also seen Plup like we've also seen him like take a set from IBDW this this year. We've seen Plup also like with it from the tier beneath him. We saw him win NA West over S Fat like pretty solidly. I I will say one thing with Plup that's really impressed me like especially in the last like two months or so. I think uh, he's he's starting to clean up his Fox matchup. I think that for a while it was seen like, you know, his Sheik was doing good, but then he'd go Fox and he'd lose or throw off his rhythm. So then he'd try full Sheik, but it wouldn't work or whatever. And then Plup wasn't sure what character he wanted to do. Whatever 
Plup has figured out for this, it, it seems to be working for him. And if he can turn that matchup around, like I don't see why he he can't be in contention for winning majors. But yeah, and I I think it's like very easily Plup, like in in like every important metric. I think you mentioned an online set in there. Are you counting online, you <laughs> little devil? Yes, I yes oh, I am. But I think, oh, but I think even if you but I think even if you don't like I I just think that uh like if we if we're talking about hypothetical matchup spreads and like who does this person need to beat in order to win a major? I think Plup has a lot more or, or to win like a like a super major. Let let's let's dial it to something like Genesis because that's like the most important thing. I think Plup's paths there are, are way more doable and for hmm. and like repeatable for him than they are with Wizzies. What do you yeah, think, I, Phil? Think I would take I would take Plup too. Um though I will say I was super I'm just really I'm impressed with Wizzy a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I think, his, I think his matchup against Mango is changing too. Actually, I think everyone yeah. thinks that. I think he's I think I said this on commentary a lot at Summit, but I think he's the closest to the actual one touch. I think he's just really getting to the point <laughs> where it's scary yeah. when he actually opens you up. Um, which and then so I, I'm excited to see like where he goes from there. So I'm definitely impressed with him. But Plup, um, I don't know. There's times where I thought Plup was. The, I think there was supposed to be like a Plup era where he was number one, and I think Hungry Box kind of stopped it. Mm-hmm. I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I've always thought very highly of Plup. Um, so I think the Fox matchup always has kind of been kind of tricky for him, just because I think it's it's a tough matchup for his character, and um, he's not the best. The way he plays Sheik, um, he's not like the spark face role where he just punishes super hard. He kind of like the way he goes about it, I think it can be a little tougher for him sometimes. But now that the Fox is coming along, I mean, I, I like his chances. So I would definitely take Plup. But I'm impressed. I'm very impressed with where Wizzy is right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna agree. <laughs> not much of a no controversy a, huh not much of a fun panel show if uh if i agree but i you gotta go with you just for just to spice it up and then you gotta, you gotta well, yell you gotta get angry let me say this <laughs> phil let me tell you yeah yeah there you go that's, that's it that's it i don't think phil, you're accounting for the insert thing let me tell you phil i think if you're looking at a top 100 type thing if you're looking at a ranking i think plub's got it Plup had, you know, very few performances, but at each one he did really, really well. Um, him beating Hbox is uh, really impressive. And also, I want to mention, uh, I've completely been like, you ever said a word ironically, and then you just keep saying it? I've been referring to him as H God this entire weekend to just like people who I've never met. And uh, <laughs> I, I even think of him as H God at this point. Like, I don't even think of him as Hungry Box first. I literally like when talking about h god to my spouse i just always say h god and same with all my friends yeah it's dude he uh he, i don't even say brain. hungry i say h what's wrong with me h god but we're, we're, we're you know when you talk about uh rankings at the end of the year i think plup's got it he's he just had better performances uh at every event that he went to than wizzy uh and even though wizzy had a major wizzy had main stage wizzy still has these set losses that seem a little shaky right he, he lost to magi he lost to um Ben, ben he, he lost all these players who I think are good. But if you are talking about being number four in the world, a, a Ben loss is something that you probably don't want in your resume. And here's where I'm going to be a little crazy. Going into 2022, I think it's a different story. I'm taking Wizzy. I think mm. Plup, oh, that's uh, okay. I like yeah, that. I, I think like that. Plup, there you go. Way to throw some spice into the panel. A little spice for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? Or what do you think Plup should be? Or who do you think Plup should be scared of? Or who could you see giving him problems in the field? I think Plup's one. I think his uh, 
the ability for him to to like fall into a dip, like fall into a slump, I think is is higher than than uh, Wizzy's. Wizzy probably more likely to have like a one off loss. Uh, and and even though we've seen like weird times from Wizzy where he'd like look like the best player in the world and then like lose to Lucky and stuff like that, despite that, I, I still think Plub is always you know he's had like slumps that are longer and look harder to get out of. Um, and it's always like a toss up as to whether or not we're going to see like Plup, who is like a peak player in the world, or if we're going to see Plup, who has no idea what his game plan is versus Fox and, and you know, just going to look tough versus any top 20 Fox player. Uh, and, and we're not seeing that right now, but <clears throat> the ability for that to come out and the ability for him to run into H box, uh, which I think could still be really hard. Right. I'm even though he won that set, it was super close. I'm not about yeah, to say very... he's going to, He's going to go into weird. that. Mm-hmm. And if his, if his best matchups are against people who go, you know, like ham on any given day, right? Like we, let's talk about his best matchups, right? It does extremely well versus Wizzy. He probably will do well versus um, Zane. And he does Zane well versus Mango. Yeah. But Zane, Zane gets in those moments. Like Zane just gets in that, that like untouchable period. Uh, and if and if Plup is in a less than untouchable period, then then Zane might have that. Uh, Mango Mango goes super hot sometimes, and and could just steamroll Plup. And then you have someone like Wizzy. Like Wizzy, I don't think will be positive on Plup ever, but the ability for him to just kind of break out and and like take a set at a tournament like that he might need to. Um, I think that's very possible. And I don't know. I I will say that uh, Wizzy's ability to punch up. Versus like Zane uh, and possibly Cody, even though I think that's pretty Cody favorite at the moment. But like yeah. Leffen, I think is is someone who who was Leffen's like a good one, a very yeah. annoying op- opponent for, or or I think Wizrobe is a very annoying opponent for Leffen. And I think Leffen's a very could be a very annoying opponent for Plop. It's like you know what, what we get down to is Plop when he is on it is one of the best players in the world. Peak Plop. I think is super high, but we're getting to a point where like peak Wizzy, peak left and peak mango peak. Like all these players have such high highs when they're on. Uh, and I, I can't guarantee that like if Plup plays all those people while they're playing hot and while he might be playing less than hot, or even if they're both playing at their peak, right. It's like, I, I find that hard. Um, and I don't know. Wizzy, Wizzy might end the year with uh worse, slightly worse matchups than Plup, but, but I think Wizzy might end the year also with better wins, better like tournament wins. I will say there's one thing with Plup that always freaks me out. Okay, I shouldn't say freaks out, but always worries me. Like when I, in any set he plays, there's always like, there's always like a a ten percent chance or whatever in like a major where Plup is going to be playing a matchup where it is just so un- unambiguous what character he should yeah. go, and he just goes like Fox or something and loses. Like he like I could totally see at some point in a major. Plup faces frenzy or something, and he just plays Fox and loses, and it's like, okay, well, like I don't know why he, I don't know why he yeah, did that, he and he just plays. Fox. Like, well, if, remember when he went Fox against PPU? What if Plup? Yeah, plays Slug, I could see being scary. the the only The only thing with the the only thing with Slug is that I think I think Plup's plan versus Icy is to still go Samus, and that's not a matchup. That, I, I think Slug I, I, is yeah. very consistent against the field, and he he's like very good overall, but like. I do think he tends to struggle in some of the weirder matchups. And I know he's I been know. working on the We have not seen Fox. that Samus in, in such a long time. He went Fox versus Army at uh, Genesis 7, and and I think that's how he lost, right? 
He like he yeah, he'd he'd... up with Fox in losers. Beat Axel Fox. Army. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> beat Axel Fox. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all it all just goes into the, the characters, right? It's like his confidence in this game. Uh, he is a person who's very good with multiple characters, and we talk about Hbox's confidence, right? But it, but never it goes into his mind that Hbox is not going to go puff. So he, that's something he doesn't have to worry about. So yeah, he gets in these these moments where is he going to go Fox? Is he going to go Sheik? And every time we've seen him do really really well, it's when he has what we talked about with Mutagame, right? Like a very confident idea of what to go when. Um, so when we see that uh, that Sheik do well versus Fox, that he's on one, right? Like that's how I know something's going to happen. Um, you know, when the Fox does well versus Puff, it's like yeah, it's tough because it's a push and pull between those two characters and. And if he leans on one too much, then the other one it's, I mean, he's, he's one of the best players of all time and he's one of the best Fox players in the world and probably the, still the best chic player in the world. So I'm not trying to like, you know, get on him too much for this, but we've seen in the past where there's like scary situations where he does not look top five. He does not look uh, like he's able to win a tournament. And while I think that he's in the zone right now, he's, you know, I think he's the fourth best player in the world. There's a chance. There is a chance. I think you I remember he went earlier. Fox versus PPU. It was so random. Like why he just he went Fox that? that entire tournament. He, that was one. Yeah. Of the, that's that's one of those things that you might run into. You might run into him just being like, "Time to go Fox all day." Uh, but yeah, Phil, what were you? What were you saying? Oh, I would say I like something Edwin said earlier though about like a path. You have to have a path to win a major, and I think yeah. with Wizzy now, I do feel like there are just clear paths for him winning. Like if he doesn't play Plup, I just and now that like he looks so much better against Mango. I just yeah. feel like I like his chances against everybody else. I think he could beat the Foxes like Lef and Cody. Um, if he can beat Mango. And then, like, I love him against Wizzy. And then Zane feels like a doable one, too. So I, I just like his spread a lot. I think he looks very good going forward, you know? So I I, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, even if he's not able to consistently beat Mango, right? Mango's the type of player where if he takes a set, that might Yeah, be if he can he split. Needs. If he can just start splitting, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, you take that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – uh. It's a it's a fun year. It's a, it's a year that we go into, and uh, I'm not sure, right? Like Mangos probably could be considered number one. Uh, I, I think Zane getting third at Summit kind of you know sealed that in a lot of people's minds. But it's uh, it's not a confident number one. It's not a confident number two. It's not a confident you know how like you can go down so far, and uh, I think it's so fluid in terms of uh, who to see you know when like if you extended whatever rankings are going to come out right there's a fucking blur ranking there's a uh i think blur's uh currently watching hey yeah, he is uh but there's a fucking up, blur, blur ranking there's a uh pgr contenders like tiered list of stuff if you extended that to genesis like literally one super major throws it all into or like a uh it throws it into array um and uh like I think that it's been a while since we've seen that. We've seen so many confident number ones, right? It was, it was Mango was a pretty good number one, and then Armada came and he was fucking solid as a number one, and then Hbox came and was incredibly solid as number one. Uh, so we've like seen the torch being passed with like really little in between. Uh, maybe there's that time where Wizzy looked like he could be number one, <laughs> like, yeah. but and Zane online, but there's been very few moments where we really know who's. It, like there's been very few moments where we don't know who's the best and i think we're in one of those right now and it's, it really is fun i gotta give zane a lot of credit too i feel like when we're whenever i mean him getting third i think is crazy i feel like for like yeah. tournaments going forward it's like 
it's always been for me. It's like, oh, who's gonna play Zane? Like, is Mangle gonna play Zane this time? Is it like who's who's gonna play him? But I always felt like I always felt like Zane was going to be in finals. So yeah, I think it's impressive that like a, it's like I feel like he had a bad tournament and it was just third. You know. So yeah, the fact that we we talk about all the other players, like you have to talk about going through Zane, and that's a testament to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Edwin, yeah. what's uh, what are your thoughts on all this? No, I I, th- I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, Phil, just because I know I know uh, you're pressed on a bit of time, I, I want to make sure we get to some patron and uh, just general oh, questions for let's you. Let's do it. Let's do it. That we have. So you had another the, subject too, right? You had like a non melee related. Yeah. So we'll 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 quickly get through this, or we'll, or we'll try our best. The, the first question I, it's going to be wonderful questions. We're gonna yeah. Okay. We're gonna cool. go through this at, like as a great time. <laughs> Yeah. So the first question I have is actually from another Melee Stats member, Ambus Sinister. How much of film study do you think helped you as a commentator? And how much do you think learning about the game helped you relative to using that time to learn about specific players? Well, I think it helped a lot. Um, I forgot when I, I guess I started it when I started my stream. That was like, a, that was a big help. I, I think that um, also I, I, uh, I got to give Mango some credit. That's kind of the person that I used to like, he's the one that like watching his breakdowns from like MLG in 2014. is kind of where I learned to start. Oh, breaking down wow. LA. So that's that kind of a while where, ago. Yeah. Wow. That's, that, that's kind of how I learned. So that's when I got really started like, so like, yeah, but that, no, it helped a lot. I think just taking the game a little slower and getting a chance and also people would send me their matches. So I had to kind of like take a step back and really like evaluate. I've always been someone like when I first started playing melee, I just watched a shit ton. Like I just watched everything. I, I watched, like, I watched everything. I watched Europe when they weren't even back. And this is like, I'm not talking about Europe now. Like all Europe, you don't know about all Europe. All Europe was not like their spaces were not fun to watch. They were like kind of behind. Uh, it took a while before like the Segettos and the, the Adams and all them Cali W's came along, but I used to just kind of like jump into everything. And, but I don't think I ever really broke it down um, until like, I really kind of like watched those mango like that 2014, like, uh, so that's kind of what helped me. And uh, I think I noticed it like on some of the summits that I was like, okay, some of that stuff was playing in. So it definitely helped me a lot. So I've got a, uh, I've got a question from Mikey tabletop who, okay. uh, if you're an Austin Melee fan, you might know that uh, he he mentioned recently <laughs> that he listens to more. He loves Austin Melee podcast, but he did listen to more Waiting for Game than Austin Melee podcast. So, but this is from Mikey Tabletop, a patron of ours. Uh, <laughs> something goes back to something we mentioned earlier in the, in the day. Uh, but being being a goat, what modern <laughs> or up and coming commentator have you not had a block with, but want to do commentary with? <laughs> I, I love webs. Webs is my favorite. I love webs. I'm a big web fan. I've, I don't. Yeah. Know, I think we've already commented together, but I'm a big web fan. That's my. That's one of my favorites. I think so. To, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna run with this thing of calling you the goat because that is okay, a personal I, belief that I I, 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 I I think it's. I'm flattered whenever I hear it. I don't ever like. I never really take it. It's like I'm flattered, but I never really take it seriously. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of great commentators. I guess it's just a preference. But but I'm always flattered by it. So thank you. But go ahead. I'm gonna cut you off. <laughs> no, I, I you're too humble. Uh, I'm gonna run with it though. Um, I think you and Webs both have the amazing ability of being so versatile in your commentary, right? I think you you guys are both able to, to do a lot of different things. I think Webs is great because he can talk. Like I, I know that it sounds like you should have a commentator who can talk, but yeah, yeah. I, you you could throw him into like most any game, and if you if you put him with someone who knows the game, I think he's able to to, to have a, a like continue conversation. Uh, and I think the ability to do so is really, really good. It's like what makes Sage Am so good. His yeah. ability to talk. 
Uh, and I think you are the, you have the ability to, to run so many different parts of the commentary, like ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we, we, you know, we just talked about it with your film sessions. You know so much about the game. You're able to see what's going on in the game. You will be hilarious. You, like if you needed to be the one who is leading, you can lead really well. And if you need to be the one who just pops in and says something hilarious every you know, couple <laughs> seconds, you can do that. Uh, and I know, I know like having being complimented at is like a weird thing. So you know, we don't need to get into it, but I just want to—I want to mention those things. I think well, about commentary a lot. That. I appreciate that. I'm always—I'm uh, always humbled by it. It's not something that I was really. Uh, I remember the first time me and Brandon did it. We did it like two feet from the players that were playing, and no one wanted to do it, and so we just kind of did it, and uh, it kind of turned into a thing. So it's something I never planned to do. So I'm always, and I'm—I'm I'm like, it's hard for me to fully take in when people say like, "Oh, I started playing melee because of your commentary." Like I, I can't fully take that in i don't because i don't know i feel like it feels kind of heavy to me but like yeah. i i do appreciate it you know so I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the compliments for sure yeah um i mean i i know that i i i don't want to be i hope that all this talk doesn't feel like you know you're you're being pushed or pressured to do anything but if you you know if you hop back on the mic at anything soon uh, people <laughs> people will love it oh so. thank you thank you as long as people still enjoy it i'll do it a little bit yeah <laughs> you know uh but you know you you've had your time away obviously and uh we we like to have a segment which um technically as the fans know technically is unnamed okay but most it's fans, unnamed it doesn't have a name but most fans know it by the segment name touching grass um it's not called touching, touching grass, grass. It's, not called, it's not called touch grass either it's <laughs> it's not, i like name. touching grass is funny i like that one known <laughs> by its it's very popular unofficial name touching grass uh this unnamed segment, this, this, uh, you know, uh, officially unnamed segment is, uh, it's our chance to kind of talk about what's going on in our lives that does not revolve around melee. Because okay. I think a lot of the, like being devoted to melee as much as everyone in the melee community is, it's hard to see people for something other than melee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, we are all multifaceted human beings. So I think it's a great opportunity to kind of show what's going on with the rest of us and, and give a look into our lives. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. I'll give you some time to think of something. Uh, but I will say in terms of purely time devoted to, to smash uh, this week probably was the, the you know biggest for me. Obviously I was, I was very glad to be able to work with smash world tour in a very hands-on capacity. Um, so I didn't have time to do a lot of stuff that wasn't smash related, but what I did uh, on Wednesday before I woke up at 6 a.m. to go on my flight to uh, to Special Tour on Thursday is I went to see the Sixers play the Miami Heat. That was super fun. Uh, I went for my cousin's birthday, and that was a great time. But I've used the Sixers before as my touch and grass segment. So mm-hmm. instead of that, I recently was looking to, to buy something from Amazon. Yeah, I know, you know we hate Amazon and whatever. But I bought something from Amazon, and I, I just added something to my purchase. Uh, do you guys... Do you guys know this candy right here? Okay. Do you know like do you know these ones that look like this for the for the people who Yeah, are, what about them? Yeah, I, well, I I know these ones. I've not had these in like ten years, maybe more. Um I got them because I like had a flashback from my childhood. I remembered them. You know, for for uh people who are listening through YouTube or through through Spotify or something like that. This is a uh, it's kind of like a hard candy with like a gel in the middle. Um and they, they're wrapped up. It's like the, I have a, the one with a bunch of flavors, but it's also the ones that the wrapper looks like a strawberry. Um, so I got a two pound bag of them because I hadn't, I was like, I've not had these in like 12 years or whatever. They're not that good. 
<laughs> They're really not that. <laughs> you got a lot I of have, them. About two pounds of them, so I've been like slowly making my way through. So that's probably the thing that's uh, non melee related in my life that's been the biggest constant this week. <laughs> two pounds. <laughs> two pounds. There was like a five pound bag that was also like a better deal. And I was almost tempted to get that. And that was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Because uh this two pound bag is There's taking a version of you that did choose that bag, and that's tough. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I that that's a sad wheat right there. Um uh, Edwin, do you have a you've got a more uplifting thing that's been going on this week, hopefully? Yeah, something kind of cool. So um in the in the last like week and a half, uh so just for reference, if you've never uh listened to the show before uh i'm a huge football fan uh that was that's actually like one of the few things that i love as much if not more than melee just like the nfl it's history and everything and lately i've been going so i have a pro football focus account and lately i've created the premium stats uh subscription which basically lets me look at like a ton of past seasons and like really in-depth player stats right and I remembered one of my favorite players when I was a kid. When I was a kid, uh, this guy's name was Namdi Asamoa. Okay, so basically, if, if you're not familiar with a, uh, if you're not familiar with football, he was a defensive back. He was a cornerback, and his specialty was that he covered the right side of the field, and he was he was a man corner. So basically, like, there's different kinds of cornerbacks, but what you need to know about Namdi Asamoa is that he'd stick to his receiver like glue, and he would just follow them. Like the minute the ball snapped. Uh, he just stuck to them and like made it really hard for quarterbacks to throw in their direction. So I took a look at some stats about Namdi Asanwa because like I remember this as a kid, but revisiting it, it's so crazy. So basically, like it, so there is one seat. He has a ton of seasons like this, but there's one season in particular in 2010 where in 14 games, quarterbacks target him 29 times. Not wait, each game. Wait, how many? Wait, say it. How many times again? How many games? Wait. Twenty. So he plays fourteen games that year, and mm-hmm. quarterbacks target him twenty nine times. That's insane. For the entire season, he allowed. He literally plays more games that year, fourteen, than he gives up receptions, thirteen, for the entire season. He is so good. He was so good at his job at covering wide receivers on the right side of the field that he actually ends the year without a single interception and with and without a single touchdown allowed because teams were so scared to throw in his direction wow he, that's insane he's literally and like I, I have another stat here so basically teams would go 30 snap about like 31 snaps without even throwing the ball in his direction and having the receiver catch the ball like he was so good at his job. And the funniest thing about this the story is that the Raiders sucked. The Raiders were <laughs> the Raiders were terrible. And he, they still lost. Yeah, and they, they still lost. And even when they even they won, like they missed the playoffs and they led and they were just like the most dysfunctional organization. Even when they were good, they were so dysfunctional. Like the, it was like a merry-go-round at quarterback. They were they were going through coaches, like one of their coaches punched an assistant coach in the face. Like the owner was firing coaches. Like they had drafted like the biggest bust of all time. The the Raiders from like 2006 to 2010 might be remembered as like the most dysfunctional team in pro football. 
But the one voice of reason, the one constant promise that they had was that this fucking guy, Namdi Asama, stuck to his receivers like glue. At least on the right side of the field. He was, the right, they lost yeah. strictly to the left side. Yeah, they, they, yeah the t- other teams would throw to the left side. They'd run the ball and like beat the Raiders. But this guy was – like, if we're talking about the most dominant defensive players of all time, like – in terms of just strictly doing their job, this guy, when he was on the Raiders, was literally more dominant at this one thing that I've ever seen a, another defensive player in, like, football history. So, like, going through the game tape and, like, going through, like, the stats and stuff and, like, I've been kind of researching this for myself. It is just – he was – imagine being so dominant that that teams don't look at you. Imagine being so dominant that you're invisible – and imagine being so dominant that you're invisible that nobody remembers how good you were. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, that's it's the story of Namdi. Sports, right? It's like you it, could be so yeah. good and it just may not matter. And that's and the then, story of Namdi Asamoah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when basketball players are so good that they just get double teamed, so their stats look worse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was super good, and then he went to the Eagles and sucked. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> lovely, my lovely Eagles. I still remember being excited about signing him and how much he sucked. But now he, he's married to Kerry Washington and doing, he's like acting oh, and stuff. Oh, good for him. So, uh, yeah, That's a great story him. though. I never knew about that. That's dope. <laughs> Phil, what have you been up to? Let's, oh, let's get okay. So I want to share life. my Raider story or a passion okay. that I have. So I used to, uh, I work in a movie theater and when I would get off the train, a lot of time when I get on the train, a lot of times the Raider game would be ending. And one of my favorite things, because I hated the Raiders, was getting onto a train that was packed and not knowing who won, but knowing that they lost because I could just smell alcohol and it was dead silent. No one would speak the entire time. It was just dead quiet. And I used to love that sound. And I always hated it because, like, they, and they were bad. They, they lost. The Raiders were always awful, but most of the time. But, like, once a year they would, be, they would win and then the train, the, the train would just be popping. It would be ridiculous. It would be like they won the Super Bowl. It was mad annoying, but I remember that. Most of the times it was just quiet, and I enjoyed that. But uh, I guess my touching grass would be um, we went to the Laker game before Summit. We went Hell to the Laker yeah. game before Summit, and I I was in the venue with the woman that I've been in love with. I can confidently say I've been in love with my entire life. <laughs> J-Lo was in the building. Um, <laughs> and I yelled at her. I, 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 I tried to get her attention. I might have been a little too high up, many two levels. <laughs> but I was yelling. I tried to get her attention. She curved me a little bit. You know, she was with Ben. So it's fine, but I, you know, I, I got to be in the same building as J Lo, and uh, that was it. That oh, was, yeah. a, and I got to see LeBron play for the first time, so that was cool, and AD as well. So uh, it was a uh, Tatum. So yeah, it was a good time. But yeah, that was I went. We went to Laker game before Summit. That was fun. Nice. Oh, and and we played some Summit. We played some basketball at Summit too. So we we even at even at the melee event, we played a little basketball. We got a little two on two action going. You know? Hell yeah! So uh, it was a good time. It sounds amazing. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get you in another room with J-Lo at some point in the near future. No, I did not ball on S-Fat. I saw that question. So me and S-Fat did not play. The, the, it's not even – so we were supposed to play. It didn't happen. It's supposed to be me and uh, 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 Brandon versus uh, Tuesday and um, Tuesday and S-Fat, but it did not happen. Uh, me and S-Fat cannot play one-on-one. The gap is too big. It's not worth it. Um, but me and, uh, me and Aaron – we played against Leffen and Aiden. So we did, we did that two on two. And so Le- Leffen's a little salty. He wants to run it back. So we're going to have to run that back hopefully next summit. Those two lanky boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played Leffen. We, I got him. So we, we're definitely going to have to run it back, though. 
<laughs> like having two mini KDs on that team, right? Aiden and Aiden and uh, Leffel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's super fun to hear, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hey, maybe we'll get J Lo to Genesis Eight. Yeah, I know, right? Can we get, I, I, can we get listen, Namdi to Genesis the, Eight? We'll get we'll get Kerry Washington and Namdi Asamoah. We'll get J Lo. We'll see if we can. You know, Billy wants us to the right side of the stage. Ben Affleck's invite might get lost in the mail or something, right? <laughs> we'll I did make fun there. of Aiden too. I kept touching his ankles every time I went by him because I was like, I <laughs> he did not. Dude, like he, him. He's, he's pretty salty. Those ankles. <laughs> that boy's just like uh, he's real thin. I I want to. I I I want to. I'd be careful when I'm hug like even when I'm hugging him and stuff. He's uh, we don't need any injuries. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the one thing I'll say. I was like, I uh, didn't want to. I didn't care about Aiden, but Leffen, I was like, all right, don't hit Leffen. <laughs> got to turn it in. Really yeah, important. imagine if Leffen's going to DQ because you, yeah. <laughs> you're playing a little too hard of defense on him. Yeah, but Aiden, I tried to I tried to end Aiden's life. I was going at him. 100%. Shout out to Aiden. He's got to run tournaments. He's got to run that one Ludwig That's fine. He can take it. He can do it. He can handle that. But, uh... Yeah, he can, he can run him from the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, facts, yeah. <laughs> well, Phil, we're, we're nearing the end of the show. And, uh, you know, this was uh, – this is a really fun time, and I, I think that the viewers feel that as way as well. So, is there any way that they can follow you? Where where can they follow you? Oh, you know, uh, you got to get the Twitter. You got to get the Do You Feels Me. I see that. You know, I, it's Do You Feels Me everywhere. It's Do You Feels Me on uh, Twitter and Twitch, and you can follow me on Twitch. And I may occasionally stream. I might be there. You know, and it's usually a good time when I do. So, and and definitely uh hop on the Twitter, and uh, you know. Hopefully, I, I, I always say I'm going to stream more, and I'm, I'm probably lying, but I want to. Just know that I want to, even if I'm not doing it, you know? So, uh, Hell but yeah. Thank you, but thank you guys for having me. It was actually Of awesome. course. It was amazing. Yeah. Do You Fills Me, uh, obviously, P-H-I-L for anyone who's looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, if you want to follow us uh, on Melee Stats, you can. <sighs> for some reason, I... <laughs> For some, I, I always do the plugs, and it always goes great, but for some reason, I'm a little worried. Edwin, tell me if I miss anything. If you like uh, Winning for Game, you can uh, watch us live at Twitch on twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. If you want to catch the episodes after they aired, you can do so at uh, the Melee Stats archive on YouTube. And while you're over on YouTube, you can go to the Melee Stats channel. That's where we're going to put our long-form video content. If you uh, want to catch what we are put, uh, putting out on Twitter, you can do so at twitter.com slash Melee Stats pod. That's where we're going to put up daily results and, uh, and other stuff like fun links to our MeleeStats.co articles, such as... Uh, Monday morning Marth and when's melee. So if you want to check this out, you can do so at twitter.com slash melee pod, or you can go to meleestats.co and find the articles themselves. And you know, if you love everything we do, you can support us at patreon.com slash melee stats. Wasn't perfect, but it'll do. That was pretty clean. Beautifully done. If you were were nervous, that was pretty good. Not the best ad read I've ever done. I guess this is a good time to mention. I took a three hour nap and I woke up at eight 45. Mm. And I show went supposed to go live at nine. So if uh if I felt off or forgot a stat, then that's my John. That's pretty good. That's a clean John. That's a clean John. <laughs> it's a good, it's a pretty good John. It's a pretty good John. Um, it's a solid one. But of course, I thought you Phil, admirably shilled, if I might Phil, say so. You need no Johns because you did perfect. You were uh <laughs> I'm really happy that we got you on your wonderful guest to end the year with. And as we go into twenty twenty two, I'm I'm happy to say that, you know, this is uh how we're we're going to wrap up waiting for game for the year. So I appreciate you being on. And, uh, you know, usually I end these episodes by saying, I appreciate the audience watching and, you know, they catch us next week, but we will be taking a week off a uh, little bit of a holiday break. So 
I appreciate you all for watching. And I guess I'll say enjoy the holidays, enjoy the break, and we'll see you in 2022. All right, peace. Thanks, guys. New Year, y'all.